you're listening to the Tech Nest Podcast. You'll hear from PropTech founders, investors, and industry veterans on how they're using tech to change the way we buy, sell, and invest in real estate. This isn't just another podcast about making money in real estate. This is about how we live. In each episode, you'll hear about the market opportunities and trends driving the industry forward. TechNest is proudly produced by Finn Ledger in partnership with HW Media. And now your host, Nate Smoyer. All right, welcome back to TechNest Prop Tech Podcast. Got a lot of things to cover here. This is going to be a little bit of a different episode because it's just going to be me. And um, yeah, we're going to have a little bit of fun with it. I've got some thoughts that I'm going to share. But also I thought, you know, hey, there's so much that's happening in PropTech. The last few years especially have really just been, just just so much has been changing so quickly. And every once in a while, I think it's it makes a lot of sense to go ahead and do a little bit more of like a recap or a rehash. Um, I'm going to jump off with what's what's coming up. October 3rd through October 5th, that's this year in Scottsdale, Arizona, is the annual Housing Wire Conference. Now, I, I've been to the Housing Wire annual conference. Phenomenal event and organizers. Clayton Collins runs this. Um, if you're anywhere in the residential space, the finance space, definitely leans a little bit heavier into the, the finance and mortgage space. Um, Housing Wire annual is an, an amazing event to go to. So it's going to be in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, one thing I want to call out is what they did was they created the speakers for the panels or who are doing presentations. They made their own like music album cover art. So every speaker, instead of just a boring headshot with like you know some background or that sort of thing, they made everyone look like they had their own record. All right, but just one more thing here before we jump into today's episode, a word from our sponsor. Cure is banding together and building together to make renting a home a simple and satisfying experience for all. Over 30 leading property management companies have joined Pure so far. Combined, they have over 1,000 years of experience. They deliver a high-tech, high-touch, and hyper-local property management experience for residents and investors nationwide. Learn more about joining Pure at purepm.co. All right, welcome back to the PropTech Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Smoyer, and it's just going to be me today. Got a few updates and announcements, rehashes. You know, the world of PropTech has been moving really fast in the last few years. It's been very interesting, especially the impact that the pandemic has had on some businesses. For some early on, it was a very significant challenge, whether you were in the middle of fundraising, whether uh, it cut off initial supply, like what happened to vacation rentals right at the very beginning. Um, and then, you know, for others, it acted like an immediate tailwind where it just drove the need for that service. Think like virtual tours and, you know, video chat and anything that, you know, automated communications versus in-person um, you know, relaying of information. As we've progressed through that, we've seen a little bit of settling, but also, you know, some people just, you know, or, or, or companies just haven't been able to make it through that. And now we're going through a little bit of financial uncertainty. Of course, interest rates impacting a lot of what's happening. I think some softening in the venture capital market. You know, if you look at the amount that's been raised on a, a weekly or monthly basis throughout prop tech, 
minus a few really large ones. It does seem to be trending down a little bit. All that to be said, though, I think this is all very healthy. PropTech's in a really great shape, a really great place. I think we're finally turning a little bit of a corner of, okay, so we've had a lot of ideas over the last few years, a lot of different tools, both in residential and commercial, and what is really starting to stick? What's really starting to move the needle? The reality is there's just so much about real estate that may never really get quote-unquote digitized. It may not just be a technology fix. You know, there's processes and there's people and, you know, there's still some things that may need to be manual. And, you know, quite frankly, I think there's some things that still need to be a little bit more manual. I'm not convinced, you know, I'll just go out on the hot take right off the jump here. I'm not convinced that everybody wants an automated home buying uh, um, experience. I think they want to walk the home. You know, one thing I always tell people from my days as a real estate agent, one thing you can't communicate through video call and online photos and, and 3D tours is the smell. I know that sounds so weird, but hear me out on this. When you walk into a house and the first thing that hits you is not even the sight, it's going to be the smell. And that is really hard to reset that expectation of what you have of that house. Now, smells might be different for everybody as far as like what they're sensitive to and what they appreciate. You know, I can certainly remember uh, an open house I was hosting and I put air fresheners in one closet because they had dogs in this house and oh, it was terrible. And I had one person who walked in and she, and she but very quickly picked up on the air fresheners and she looked at me and said, what are you trying to hide in here? Because <laughs> she knew. She knew that that smell wasn't the right smell for the house. And it was probably trying to hide something. And I was. I was trying to cover up the dog smell. You know, crazy enough, I never got any appointments off that open house. Uh, but, uh, you know, in another scenario, I had a friend. When they had listed their house, they also had a few dogs. And I don't, I've been in their house. I didn't think it actually was terrible. It, I mean, you knew they had dogs. It was a condo. It was a little bit smaller yet. And one of the people who left the house after doing a showing, the ring camera captured some of their content, comments on the way out of the, of, the, of the place after they got done walking it. And they commented on the smell. These are two very small anecdotal pieces of evidence. But, you know, this is, this is human nature. This is what we do. We, we, we judge things based on our senses. You know, a home can be beautiful, has a perfect layout and everything. But, you know, if I go into the backyard, all I can hear is extremely heavy highway traffic. That's going to make it a little bit tougher for me to think about peace and quiet and enjoyment of the house. This plays into it. Smell plays into it. How things feel. You know the difference when you open and close a solid wood door versus a hollow wood door that you you know feels like you could break it if you leaned on it these are some of the things that may take some time for us to get used to and comfortable in accepting virtual or digital evidence that it meets our criteria before you know um, you know it's gonna it's just gonna be a time be be a while until you know people let go of that all that being said now the house that we bought in December we bought it sight unseen you know put it under contract without being there. But I also immediately jumped the plane, went out and did a 
you know, what I call a sanity check inspection, where I'd already had an inspector go out, the realtor's already done several walkthroughs with me, but this was the final, like, okay, let's make sure everything really lines up here. It was an interesting way to go about that transaction. It was the first one I did like that, but, you know, it worked out. And I think it's going to take some more time before that's the average consumer experience. So uh, as we, you know, really kind of turn this corner in prop tech where we're seeing things and ideas that stick and resonate and really improve business, improve efficiencies, increase, you know, NOI, I think that's really going to be a, a good thing. So some of the, the tough times we're going through right now overall, I really do believe is for the better of prop tech and it's going to lead into a better outcome in the real estate industry. I want to go over a few things that are coming up. Uh, one's an event. Housing Wire Annual 2022, October 3rd through 5th, is going to be in Scottsdale, Arizona. Got to give a major shout out to the marketing team at Housing Wire Annual. And this is actually just evidence of how much more they put into their events. They created album cover arts for all the speakers. So like if you're on the panel or you're one of the speakers, they, they gave everyone you know a shareable image kind of thing and they use this to promote it that looks like they're coming out on a, you know, they got their own little red record coming out. And... The thing I really like about this is that it just shows how much more goes into Housing Wire's efforts behind their events and, and what they're doing. Now, you know that the show is produced by HW Media and Finledger. And you know, Housing Wire is one of HW Media's brands. But this was not in any way a sponsored spot. You know, shout out to Clayton and the whole team at Housing Wire. No one asked me to do this. I'm plugging this because I've been to Housing Wire annual. It's a phenomenal event. If you're in the residential real estate space, if you're in the residential lending space, this is one of the best events you can possibly go to. I say that not just because of the content. The content is very good, but so is the network there. When I was getting my start in PropTech, this is one of the very first events I actually went to. And it might not strike you as a PropTech forward event, and it's, you know, it's definitively different from say like a blueprint where I'm currently in Vegas recording this for you guys right now. And, but you're going to find that the, the, the quality of individuals that you meet there, you know, where, what they're doing at their own organizations and own companies, very high. This is a solid event. And so I can't recommend it enough. So anyway, it's coming up October 3rd through 5th, Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, check it out. Housingwireannual.com. That's, that's this place. Get your ticket, go. Um, you won't regret it. You'll, you'll thank me later. We've got a few upcoming interviews. I thought I'd give a little bit of a preview. I don't really do this very often, but yeah, you know, I thought this might be a little fun. We've got Rez and I. I'm going to be uh, interviewing Emil Alon. Rez and I is a software company developing solutions to transfer physical spaces into intelligent, digitally empowered environments. Think of it as like the operating system for the built world. So a full suite of products within its core platform, um, empowering a, a wide range of applications that, um, as they say, enhance operations, facility management, visitor experience, and commercial real estate properties. I'm really excited for this. We, you know, we don't do a lot of commercial, and um, you know, it's time to get a little bit more here. Also have Amy Weisberger coming on from Morgan Properties. Maybe not the company that you think about as PropTech, but Amy is on the Morgan Properties Innovation Team. 
Now, so they're always looking for new ways to improve their operations, become better as they continue to expand their footprint. Um, you know, as one of the three largest owner operators of apartments in the U.S., you can see immediately as they adopt new technology how the scale is instant. They can find out and learn a lot very quickly. So I'm very excited about this because big companies don't often move like small companies uh, and want to hear more about what Amy and the team at Morgan Properties is doing to, to move the needle. And of course, uh, the last of these uh, upcoming shout-outs here, Logan Ransley. He's one of the co-founders at Landlord Studio. And from my days at Avail, I've heard about Landlord Studio now for some time. You know, I think the first Bigger Pockets conference I was at, people coming up to me and as we were talking at the Avail booth and people were showing me the Landlord Studio app and I was like, oh shoot, this is good. <laughs> that was my, those were my thoughts. I was like, shoot, this is a good app. Uh, it really does solve some problems. You know, it's designed specifically for landlords in the residential space, those with like one to 25 rental properties, simplifies and automates the process of collecting and reconciling rental income and expense transactions. Really makes a lot of the accounting piece and financial management piece for rental properties easy. Automated bank feeds, intelligent receipt scanner, expense categories already aligned perfectly for IRS forms. You know, Landlord Studios, they say, is radically improves the quality and the timeliness of the bookkeeping process, making it infinitely easier at tax time. And, you know, anybody who wants, I don't know anybody who wants a tougher tax time, wants to spend more time preparing their taxes. And so if it can make tax time a little bit easier, but it can also uh, make you better at it, hey, let's do it. I'm in for it. So I'm excited for that episode coming up. A little rehash of a few that uh, really stand out recently, some interviews that we've done that if you haven't listened to yet, may I suggest you go back and do so. First one I'm going to shout out is Fatima Diko. She is the co-founder and CEO of a company called Sugar and quickly becoming one of my favorite startups to talk about and uh, to, to think even just, I mean, just generally just even think about um, because it's resident experience forward. Sugarliving.com is the website. Um, you know, a little bit about Sugar and what they do. Um, Sugar allows residents to pay rent, unlock doors, socialize with neighborhoods, and easily communicate with the building management all within a single app. Elevating the residential experience at their properties, Sugar helps managers attract new residents, increase lease renewal rates, and introduce additional revenue streams. The whole point here that I want to get up at is the trend towards resident experience as a first approach, not a afterthought, is only going to increase. This is an ongoing trend. More and more money and investment is going into this area of property management. Uh, and when you think about it, property management is all about managing the property. Um, resident experience, totally different. I'd like to also give a shout out to Barrett Newberry of Lacera. If you haven't seen Lacera's recent announcement of a little bit of a shift on their platform and their focus, um, I encourage you check out, uh, look up uh, Barrett on LinkedIn and see what they're working on. Also very heavy and leaning into that resident experience. Um, you know, of course, several more episodes back, we had Marcella Sapone from Alfred on the show, and she also talked about this. Now, everyone has, has a little bit of a different take on this. It's not just like amenities baked into your apartment rental, right? It goes deeper and further than that. A lot of it does have to do with security, building access, which, yes, means digital locks, but it is not exclusively just digital locks. It doesn't necessarily make a home a smart home. 
or smart apartment. So anyway, check it out. Um, the title of that episode, Putting Resident Experience First in Multifamily. Of course, we also have, and cannot uh, forget this one, Rental Inspection Transparency with Lydia Winkler. This really stands out. So the company is called Rent Check, and I actually just used Rent Check for the first time personally. Um, for our rental property in Washington State, I was turning over the unit and wanted to do a, you know, basically an inspection, get a list of all the repairs and maintenance that needed to be done. And it's a good thing I went. Uh, apparently, I had to fix the water line, so that was a lot of fun. And repaired a deck and, you know, a handful of other things. GetRentCheck.com is the website. Uh, just a, a brief overview of what RentCheck is. Um, they, they've built software that serves renters, landlords, and property managers, providing an easy-to-use experience for documenting rental properties and by becoming the, the trusted third party for security deposit administration. They're still early stage, and there's a huge opportunity in front of them. Lydia is a really smart, but also very friendly and easy to get along with uh, founder. Now, I think that what they have here is, the, well, they have a ton of momentum. And this is one of those businesses, as I was mentioning, the tailwind that came with the pandemic. Couldn't have planned for. But it really opened up, if you will, opened doors here and has just really propelled them forward. It's a phenomenal app. And um, if you have a rental property, it's more than worth your while to give it a shot. Last but not least, I want to talk about Michael Lucarelli. He's the co-founder and CEO of Rentspree, episode titled Modern Rental Management Tools for Real Estate Agents and Investors. This is one of my favorite episodes of all time. I'd been following Rentspree for some time when I was out of Vail, and I couldn't really truly understand how they were gaining the traction they were gaining. And that's one of the things we talked about. And we don't often get into really like the go-to-market marketing strategy for people. But in this episode, we got into that because it's so smart. Michael Lucarelli has found a way to really build, nurture, and maintain relationships with MLSs, delivering rental tools at the moment of highest need. And you got to listen to the episode to really get the full gist of that. If you're not familiar with Rentspree, Rentspree helps real estate agents handle the influx of applications providing them with professional tools to help save time, reduce liability, and grow their business with quality tenants. Check it out. Uh, Rentspree.com is, is the website. Um, you can learn more about their business, uh, but definitely listen to this episode. Um, yeah, I don't think you're going to be upset by doing so. All right, two more segments here, and then we're going to wrap. One is PropTech on Twitter. I have talked about this time and time again. For founders listening to this, or even head of product, you're head of marketing, you're an analyst, get on Twitter. This is not a call to action for wasting time. This is a call to action because your customer, and I literally, I don't care what real estate vertical we're talking about here, your customer is on Twitter, regularly complaining about their issues. They are regularly talking about their wins. They are waiting for you to be there. Get on Twitter, connect with your customers. Of course, I have to then mention Kevin Stopfman. He's the COO at Navigator Cree, a real estate business intelligence platform. And he hit me up on Twitter. He said, hey man, I heard the episode. 
you're talking about getting on Twitter. I finally pulled the trigger, and he got on Twitter, DM me, and we actually just met last night at, at Blueprint. Get on Twitter. There's so many connections to be made. Uh, I think you'll find quickly, of all the things I've said, that are probably maybe maybe right, maybe wrong. I don't know. This one I'm definitely right on. It's gonna be worth your time. Last but not least, I wanna I'm gonna throw out an idea out there, and I'm willing to take. Uh, hear what people have to think about this. The moment, institutional and private equity, yeah, there's interest in buying homes, and we've all seen the headlines, right? Big companies are buying swaths of homes. When we look at the data, the data doesn't suggest that they are buying a large percentage. Now, even still, with several million transactions a year in the residential real estate space, I think our last month's run rate was still was, was actually really low. It was just over $4 million. And if you look at December, the run rate for residential transactions was over $6 million. And it you know, really should be flip-flopped when you think about that. But, hey, pandemic interest rates. But as Wall Street, you know, institutional, private equity money sees greater potential in owning and managing portfolios of single-family rentals, still 80% or so is owned by the mom and pops. There's a new challenge, but also business opportunity that is increasing. And I think it's actually not really because institutional is buying, but I think this trend is may actually drive institutional buying. And it's venture-backed, tech-enabled property management companies. So, you know, there's no real, there's no one market leader owner of the property management space when it comes to single-family rentals. No one, no one owns you know, 5 or 10% of the market. That has yet to be built and yet to be seen. It's been talked about, and certainly I think there's companies with aspirations of doing this, but it just hasn't happened. There's a few companies that come to mind leading the charge here. So Great Jones, it previously raised almost $34 million and they were acquired by Roofstock, kind of fit into that genre, right? And, and you know, they're working with the Roofstock properties they have, you know, the portfolio partners there, but they have great distribution across the country. And, you know, think about they're using tech to augment some of the tedious tasks or accounting, you know, the automation of communications that may take up someone's time in the office. And we have Poplar Homes, just was on the podcast. If you haven't listened to that episode, Chuck Hadamer came back on for a second time. Originally was on with uh, One Rent, and they've uh, branded to Poplar. You know, they've raised close to $75 million, over 300 employees, and they have 13,000 doors under management in 19 markets and 11 states. And as Poplar expands and grows and they perfect their systems, you could see why this would be interesting from a private equity perspective or institutional perspective because you could get one property management company to manage your properties the same across state lines. Similarly, uh, also previously on the podcast, we talked with Pure Property Management. And you know, not a lot of people, I think, have heard Pure Property Management. We had Joe Povolari on the show he was one of the co-founders of Pure, and they're one of the fastest growing. You know, in two years' time, um, they have just exploded over 15,000 rental home units 
under management. They're in 50 cities, 18 states. And they, just like Poplar, have actually gone an interesting route in raising venture capital and then acquiring property management companies to accelerate the growth. And, you know, I, I just saw a, a great tweet from Peter Lohman on Twitter talking about a friend of his that has a SaaS company. And his, his friend, SaaS company, and his property management company, they both have the same annual recurring revenue. But the SaaS company has a greater valuation, several factors up. So when you think about it, you can, if you can build a tech company that's able to acquire service-based businesses, but it's valued as a tech company, it's instant equity. It's, you know, a type of arbitrage, if you will. And I think this trend is going to drive more interest from private equity and larger um, owner operators and you know even maybe the public companies. So it's yet to be seen how this works out. Is this going to drive more investment into the property management space? Is the property management space investment going to drive more interest and ability to acquire and own and operate single family rental portfolios? You know, I don't know. I'm just a guy with a mic and a little bit of a thought here. Well, that's it for today. I know this is a little bit of a different pace. I appreciate you guys sticking with me. Um, I'd love to hear the feedback you have on episodes like this. Should we do more recurring rehashes and announcements and that sort of thing? Or, you know, send me the email of like, Nate, this sucked. <laughs> I'll take it. You know, it's a little bit different when you're by yourself, but it is what it is. We got more content on the way, interviews to be as scheduled like we are always used to. Um, and last but not least, there's one thing. I'm going to be trying to capture a handful of different micro interviews while I'm here at Blueprint and I'll be trickling them out as we go throughout the year and um, something to look forward to is a is something a little bit change up format in the future uh, and it, it, in addition to the, the full scale long form interviews that we do on the show. Anyway, really appreciate the support from everyone who listens um, and all the comments that I've been getting the last few weeks. It's been um, tremendous and very motivating. Uh, and hopefully we can continue to deliver value. This is Tech Nest, the prop tech podcast where we interview the leaders and innovators in real estate and tech to find out what they're doing to transform the way we buy, sell, and invest in real estate. We'll see you later. Thanks for listening to the Tech Nest Podcast. You can always get future episodes delivered to you directly by subscribing to the podcast in your favorite app store. You can also join the newsletter. Head over to technest.io or finledger.com slash newsletters to get all future episodes, updates, and more sent to you right in your inbox. Last but not least, we appreciate your support. Please go ahead and give us a rating and review in your app store. This helps others discover the podcast and know that it's a great worthy listen. We'll see you next week.